So I just want to let everyone know that this is episode 29, which I guess is episode 30, right? Which is episode 10 of season 2, give or take. Which is, I guess, is it technically season 1? Because season 0 was the original season. Is that correct? Kobe Williams? Yeah. My other co- Yes, it's season 1, but also season 2. The second season, but titled season 1. Yes. Like... And we're, it's our, we're in our first we're in our first follow-up episode like season zero was the pilot and then like now we're a series now we're a series now we're getting this this bitch rolling now we're at episode 29 yeah. which is still episode 30 technically we're on 30 episodes yes. that's impressive Kobe. right it's that's crazy incredible. to think about like you know, we're almost a third of the way to 100 you know and uh yeah we are wow that is wild impressive how are you feeling today i i'm feeling good i'm feeling good i ate a quality dinner um of like chicken and rice and like cauliflower so that was good and i didn't have to cook it so that was even better you're making adult Um, decisions incredible i am uh being persuaded into adult decisions they are not of my own accord i don't often make adult decisions of my own oh sure volunteering um i would love to stay in the the realm of adolescence forever but that's not possible so here we are as, no, absolutely, as it goes, and, you know, there, there's this, uh, we're in that age where we want adolescence, but we also want maturity, but we also kind of yeah. want a hybrid, and we kind of embrace a hybrid. And it's like you want the maturity without the responsibility, yeah. but, like, you can't have one without the other because one breeds another, you know? Right, and, like, inherently, you want to be responsible, you want to be this adult, but at the same time, you're also like, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. You well, know? And, and it's... And, and it's crazy because, like, as an adult, there's so many things you have to do. Um, like, I don't know. Like, the fact that we have to wake up and, like, go to work every day and, like, pay bills and then, like, do – I don't know. Some things, like, so so mundane as, like, washing the dishes. Like, washing the dishes. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's such a wonderful way to solve this issue if you want to – I don't know. You want to – remain in your adolescence and you want to remain in this current uh mode of mm, let me think this current mode of extravagance extravagance not having to be so you know serious and business and adult Mm. about these kind of things it's almost like you can have a sponge that smiles at you smiles back at you and what that's not a thing it's not a thing until Scrub Daddy came out, our future sponsor, Scrub Daddy. I want everyone to know right here, you should buy Scrub Daddy here today. There's Scrub Daddy, Scrub Mommy, Scrub Doggy, Scrub Cat, Scrub, all different kind of scrubs. They got soap dispensers. They got soap dispensers. They got caddies. They got caddies. What's a caddy again? It's a thing to hold the sponge. It's so good. It's so good. They have two different types of caddies, actually. They have a daddy caddy and there's a regular sponge caddy. And so... You can the daddy caddy specifically fits the scrub daddy, and then the regular caddy can hold any types of sponge because they don't limit you to just buying their products. They encourage you to buy products for yourself, and we love a company that does that. One hundred percent, and that's what this world's about. That's what we stand for. That's what we believe in, and so you should too. Scrub daddy um, should get your money at some point. That's where Absolutely. that's where I'm at. Yeah. And, um, and just to note, like always, David said, future sponsor. We're not sponsored by them. Um, yet, yet we will be. We believe in manifestation, Listen, Daddy. We're watching you. We we speak on your behalf every single week. Yeah, you neglect us. You you acknowledge us one time in an Instagram liked comment, and it just it's just that little bit of teasing has just increased our yearning to create a partnership with you that will outlast everything else. Um, that sounded much more magnificent than I intended for it to be. But they're not a sponsor yet. We just think they're a cool company. They're so. a cool company, and we're st- and we believe in them. Now, Gilby, um, <clears throat> I found myself yesterday. So today we are recording on March fifteenth, yes. and uh, the episode will be released March eighteenth. But yesterday was March fourteenth. Yes. Right. Which is Pi Day. Pi Day, exactly. And um, I was reminded of this pie day endeavor and then in that moment i was like i'm going to get pie today 
And boy, did I get pie yesterday. And I hope did everyone else got pie? pie. I got pie. I went. To, I didn't get anything too crazy. I thought about going to Brisky Burger, getting a pie shake, you know, or whatever, because those are great. I did Love think of you shakes. with that. I thought of you, but I uh, I ended up just going to Kroger and getting some pies, and then um, um, but within that, I um, uh, basically what I ended up doing was. I got a coconut cream pie from Kroger. I got okay. an, a, a peach pie and a pumpkin pie. And Kroger was selling some of these pies. Like two of those three pies were sold for $3.14. And I thought that was so unique and novel. That, but, that is. Yeah, I thought that was cute. I was like, great. And like pies were on sale yes yesterday, I think, because of that. Like the pie I got was normally 10 bucks, but I got it for like four fifty or 5 bucks, And I'm like, yo, let's go. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm going to eat some pie. So I, I ate some pie, but needless to say, I guess this is going to segue to the point of what's your favorite pie, Kobe, and why? Um, first off, let me say that I I did not eat pie yesterday. Mm. I did not remember that it was pie day until about 1030 at night, and I was in bed. So I was not able to get pie. Not in bed. Not at 1030. 1130. That's what it was. I still, okay, before I answer your question, Sunday, it was like daylight savings time, right? Yes. I didn't know. I had I didn't know either. no idea at all. I was supposed to wake up at 8.30, 8.45-ish, right? I yeah. woke up at 9.45, and I just assumed I missed an alarm. That's all it was. And then I was driving out to my parents that afternoon, and I got there. And I looked at my car clock and I was like, that's weird. My clock says it's 1141, but that can't be right because I left at 11 or at like 1220. It must be, or it said it was 1241, but it had to be 141. Right. I was like, that's interesting. Still didn't hit me. Still had no idea until I get to bed that night and go to set my alarm because I use I used like my phone alarm and then also like a regular just an alarm clock. And I went to go set it. And I looked at the time and I realized that we had sprung forward, but I was still living in the past. And it was, it was, it was, it made a lot more sense of why I felt so exhausted. I was like, why am I so tired? I had lost an hour of sleep without even realizing it. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to point that out that like, I had no idea. I'm going to say something while it's up and while it's controversial i do want to just i i want to pause the pie conversation and then have a conversation okay. after the pie conversation but before the pie conversation and the conversation after the pie conversation i have a conversation that we need to handle right is it now. about daylight savings time? yes it is okay it, it's funny because i had this conversation with becca recently actually i want to let you know that i firmly am pissed off and irate at the new law at the new law to like keep it to like always daylight saving time? There, I think, wait, okay, so wait, just to make sure, just to make sure, the Sunshine Protection Act, basically what's happening is there's no longer, it, mis correct me if I'm wrong, but what I gathered out of it, there's no longer the fall back an hour and spring forward an hour, right? I believe, yeah, they're just keeping it standard year round. Yeah, I'm pissed off at that. Me I am too. But for probably for very different reasons. What? Why are you? Why are you upset? What upsets you about that? Okay, I'll say what pisses me off about it, and I can't, I'm kind of stealing an idea from it because it's a podcast I watched several months ago, and it's a it's a it's a famous YouTube podcast. Um, it's H three podcast with Ethan Klein. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's funny as hell. But uh, they had one of the guys on there. His name was his name was Ian, and he was talking about, and I if y'all can find it on YouTube, I recommend it. It's it's such a funny bit. But he sat there and he was saying about just how much he loves it by just the principle of having to do something. It's like something to do. It's like a, it's like, it's like, yeah, it just kind of excites me. It's an event. Like it's something that is, uh, you know, under, it's underappreciated. And I get a bit of serotonin knowing that like the time changes. And I know people okay. are like irritated by it. And the shenanigans of it. And even though, you know, look, I understand we, we recently lost some sleep. And because of that, you were more exhausted than you were expecting to be. It's the give and take of it, baby. And I sit there and I think about it all. And 
And because that extra hour later is fucking money, man. It's money. And and I don't even get upset about losing the hour because I'm like, I'm like, man, I played the game, you know? Like I like no. had to cash in. And I am such a fan of it that I I'm gen I'm genuinely upset that we're doing it as a, as a uh, as a country okay fair point here's why i'm upset about it okay i hate the give and take so uh. much not because i hate the taking i love the taking i love every year when i'm able to get an extra hour of sleep one day in this year because it often feels like sleep so so eloquently eludes me yeah and it's nice to recover that little bit, but I hate the giving. I there's nothing I despise more than giving up my sleep without my own like consent, right? Mm. But I do like the novelty of the changing. And my idea, and I want you to get, I want to get your thoughts on this because I was talking to Becca about this literally like Monday morning, Sunday night, something like that. What if instead of moving our clocks forward in the spring and moving them back in the fall? We just always moved them back. Every year. <laughs> every year in the fall, one day a year, we move the clock back an hour. Eventually, in a quarter of a century, no, 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 in half a quarter, in like 12 years, night will be day and day will be night, right? That's ludicrous. Eventually, we come back around. And... I, I am personally 100% for moving the clock back every year for the rest of eternity. This is strictly absurdism. You understand this, right? We are, we are aware this I, yes, is absurdism. Yes, yes, so, yes so it's eventually, So eventually 10 a.m. would be like pitch fucking black. Yes. That is shenanigans, Kobe. Okay. That's but, chaos. But there's reasoning. There's reasoning behind it, What's right? your reasoning? I'm, I'm, I'm listening. In society, we are often split into groups and like cliques, if you will, right? Like everyone has has their niche of a group that they go to and, and people tend to hang with people that are, are similar of interest and things like that. And but the, but the time that this changes is is in the workplace because there are so many people that wake up at 5.30 every morning and they love it. They live for it. They love nothing more than waking up at the break of dawn and starting their day off like the fiends that they are. And meanwhile, the people, the people that are night owls that thrive in the night, they are stuck going against their natural, natural schedule and their natural innate desire of being a creature of the night. And instead they're forced to, to, to function in the morning time, even though it's against their very nature. But if we always move the clock back, it gives everyone a chance in the spotlight. The morning people get to be morning people for 12 years. In the next 12 years, the night people are night people. So, man, all what right. You know, that before was you a... say anything, what you know before you say anything, I came up with that argument completely on the spot. That was not planned at all. That was incredible. So, um, huh. I, that was a lot, man. Okay, so I'm thinking about this. You have, you, oh my God, man. Okay, so what do you say to the argument that these people are night people or morning people based on the conditions of outside? Do you disagree with that? You think that it has something I to mean, do? To an extent, because like everyone's like, what is it? The circadian like sleep cycle. Is that what it is? Like circadian? Is that how you say it? Circadian? I think, I think so. Yeah. Like I'm everyone's not, sleep cycle. Part of like part of, of, of the sleep cycle is typically based on like part of it. What plays an effect is like how much light you're getting and things like that. Like most people are generally more tired or like are able to sleep easier at night because it's darker and there's less light. But I don't think that's necessarily like, I don't think that has the biggest thing to play with it. I think part of it is just like simply people's personalities. For example, like I think, I think everyone can become a morning person if they try hard enough to, mm. but I think for a lot of people, it comes a lot easier. For example, I'm a night person. I always have been. 
I wake up at like 6.30 to 7 every day for my job and go to bed like 10.30 to 11 every night. And I've been doing this for a year and a half now. I'm still not used to it. Like I still, it is so much easier for me to stay up to like two, three in the morning and wake up at like nine, 10 because that, that's just, that's just how I am. So like, I, I, I mean, while I think that like the light of the day and like the time of day has some to play with it, I, I think it's more so people have their natural like hours where they're like their body is most comfortable resting. And I think that just varies person to person. I, I think it's hard to split it into morning people and night people because that's two very strict boundaries. But I, I think because there's some people that consider themselves night people because they go to bed at midnight and then there's other people that go to bed at 3 a.m. But they're both considered night people. Right. You know what I mean? No, right. And, and so, uh, so I think it, it's kind of like strict boundaries on that. But but I, th- I think it's really person to person more than it is like outside environment. Muy interesante. Ah, so I'm not even a. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to this because it's it's abs, it's abs, it's absurdism, and I'm not going to say it's not absurdism. It's absurdism, but it just might work, and it might just might be fair. Don't get me wrong; it'll piss a lot of people off, but I'm okay with that because you know what? We got this society. We have a. I'm on a soapbox. We have a society that is out here supporting morning people more than it supports the motherfuckers that want to that want to sit there and be these night owls. Not just want to be. It's who they are. They are night owls. They are night people, and we sit there and. As a society, say we should be one way, one way, and that's it. And I will say, furthermore, however you stand on this, this new bill, what what is it called? What is it called? It it is the it is the Sunshine Protection Act, the unanim- the bill to make daylight savings permanent. Right, this whole thing, this is. The government putting us inside a box is where I'm at with this. They're putting us in a box. They said, you got to work with these hours and you got to deal with it. And I'm with you. We need to move back hours every time, every time. So we don't have to do the give and take. So we can just take and take and get those extra hours, be rewarded each day. I mean, each year twice. And then eventually through 12 years time, people can flip and learn to be who the hell they are meant to be. And those those 12 years are your 12 years or it's not your 12 years and you got to adapt, but that's the deal we're making. That's the give and take I'm it. committing to. I love it. You know, it's funny because I actually just saw a tweet earlier from like an, an old friend from high school and like he just quote like retweeted the bill and was like, please, if anything happens, please pass this law. There's a lot of people that are for it, but I think it's because they're not seeing the possibilities of a continuous fallback. Mm. And I think, I think this is a movement that we can start. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. We're here for the continuous fall. Birds aren't real started as somewhat of a joke, right? And look right. where it's gotten. Oh, continuous fallback. I don't know about you, Kobe, but I don't. I'm not joking. I, I, I feel that we need to. Oh, with the continuous it. fallback? No, me yeah. neither. Me neither. I'm saying other people might view it as a joke, but you know that's that's what we're here for to broaden horizons. I, absolutely. We're going to be posting on Twitter about this and making our, our stances known on this. Um, absolutely. Man. Um, yeah, so I'm upset about that, Bill, and I just want that to be known. And now I'm glad that you, you, have, you have effectively convinced me. You have effectively okay. convinced me, and I'm thankful for that. And the government's about putting us in a box, Kobe, and we uh, – yeah, They are. We we don't deserve to be in that box any longer. Okay. Speaking of boxes, yes. Before we move on, okay. Can I answer your question about boxes of pie? Oh, pies! Yes, my favorite pie. Ooh, that's, that's tough. Right. Yeah, that's tough. Um, it's hard for me to not pick pumpkin pie. So good. Being honest, um, I I love pumpkin pie, and I put a ridiculous amount of whipped cream on my pumpkin pie. You have to like my at Thanksgiving every year, my grandparents get me my own can of whipped cream just for the pie, which I I'm so grateful to them for. Um, pumpkin pie is probably my favorite. I respect I that. like I like pecan pie, but it's not as high up there as it is as like a lot of the other pies are for me. Um, key lime pie, I feel like is severely underrated. Um, apple pie. 
apple pie, like ugh, apple pie and ice cream. Apple pie with ice cream is probably the best pie, but apple pie by itself, I would put as the third best pie for me. Mm, interesting. Um, I haven't tried enough of like the other pies. Like I've tried blueberry pie before and it was good. I like blueberries, but like I haven't, I don't have enough sample size to really make a decision. Like for me, the four pies that I've tried the most or five that I've tried the most are pumpkin, pecan, apple, key lime, and chocolate. And I would rank those five as just by themselves, just a slice as pumpkin, key lime, apple, pecan, and then chocolate at the bottom. That's fair. But I... if we're talking any dessert that's like in that slice form, I will take a slice of cheesecake over any pie any day of the week, every time. So do you have a preference towards like because i know there's a lot of like variety cheesecakes out there do you find yourself having like a preference towards cheesecake? literally like i love any any kind of cheesecake like mm. that i've ever tried um original great strawberry great there's a, a restaurant that i eat it with my uh, grandmother sometimes and they have like turtle cheesecake great like i just oh yeah cheesecake and just in general so good I, there's a recipe that Steven had showed me one time that I have not made yet, but it's a banana pudding cheesecake and it looks oh. so amazing. And banana pudding is another one of my favorite desserts. And that's like combining my two favorite desserts into one. And it just sounds fantastic. Have you ever had Sopapilla cheesecake? Oh, yes. I love Sopapilla cheesecake. It's so good, man. It's it so, good. so good. I'm on like a dessert, like thought process now. So, okay. So, you named a lot of uh, you named a lot of pies that are that tend to be rather seasonal because of key lime really isn't I guess right but like the pies that you liked were rather seasonal. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself able to enjoy these pies? Do, how often do you have these pies? Not very. And it's often. not in the fall. Um maybe once or twice a year if it's not fall. Mm. We should change this narratives. We need to change this. We need to consume. We need to eat more pie, Kobe. We need we to do. eat more we desserts. Do. I mean, and I think that has something to do with, with the whole falling back narrative, right? Yeah. Because pie is, is something, it's a luxury, right? It's, it's, it's something of, what's the word? People, it, it's something you can kind of like delve into and really just soak yourself in the the process of eating a warm pie. And for me, it's often a process that is thought of as like an evening activity, like eat a, a hearty slice of pie with after your dinner or something like that. And I think I think when we're when we're constantly springing forward in these times and we're pushing these daylight hours up mm. and up, then there's less pie time. There's less pie time, and not only that, there is this convention, right, that it says society, whether they say it blatantly or not, they sit there and they say, you need to be eating pie at Thanksgiving, in October, in November, and no other time, and quite frankly, that is baloney. We should be eating, sh we should be eating pie more than just March 14th and November, whatever, third Thursday of the month. Absolutely. I 100% agree. The government's putting us in a box, and that's where I'm at today. I think I sit there and I'm realizing these things more and more each moment, more and more each day. And I will also argue, though, that we have this representative, this this represented thought that pie is this after a meal idea, or it's after a you know, like it's like a like a dinner, a nighttime thing. I'd argue that we should be able to have pie in the mornings as well as a breakfast delicacy. I, I agree. I feel like an apple pie, like a slice of apple pie would make such a good breakfast. Yeah, it would. It would. It's and not yet, healthy, but it's I great. am partaking in the societal structures that say, no, you can't have pie for breakfast. And yeah. I don't know why I follow. I, I, I've been a follower. I have. And and I, I regret my choices. We need to be trailblazers, damn it. We do. Absolutely. You know what? Speaking of being trailblazers and woke kings, well, today is March 15th, and I want to let everyone know this is – I'm actually transitioning to something kind of seriously, but I saw a moment to transition appropriately, and I'm going to do so. So uh, today is Equal Pay Day. Uh, it's March 15th. Equal Pay Day is when we ever, whenever we recorded this, and, um, you know, that goes regards towards um, Equal Pay Day, which regards towards – um, uh, symbolizes, 
you know, um, how far into the year women must work to earn what men earned in the previous year. So we acknowledge that and we appreciate it. It changes each year. I think last year was the 22nd this year. It was the 22nd of March this year. It's the 15th of March, but, um, uh, 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 semi-serious. No, we're still, we're still on our, you know, our, our, our pine societal norm stuff. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. But, um, I do want to say this with earnesty and, uh, just spit some facts real quick for a second. So women's earnings compared to men's earnings. Were, as of this year, the median earnings in thousands, um, according to this, and this is United States Census Bureau, um, hairstylists and cosmetologists been making more money, nursing assistants, registered nurses, teaching assistants, pharmacy technicians, veterinarians, financial managers, pharmacists, real estate brokers and sales agents, graphic designers, judges and other, other judicial workers, private detectives and investigators, chemists and material scientists, software developers, clergies, taxi drivers, agricultural managers, farmers, electricians. Males make more money than all of them, than the females in the same field. So uh uh not trying to make anyone feel any kind of way but it's a it is a it is a um it's facts it's facts that we should acknowledge and that we should know um and on top of that um you know i think it's just i think it's interesting to make sure to understand that perspective on women's month we like our women we're proud of our women um absolutely but we have ways to go and that's kind of the point here in saying this um, on top of that, um, I don't know. No say. That was just kind of where my my little soapbox transitioned us there for a second. But no, and, and you're absolutely right. It's it's facts. Um, again, not trying to make anybody feel any kind of way. That's just we're reading off what it says. Yeah. And 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 I think that's proof that we as a society, though we have come a long ways, still have a long ways to go. Mm. Um, and, and I, I think for a lot of people, it's, you're not like reminded of that every day. And, and so I think it's good to be reminded that progress and, and like progress doesn't, doesn't stop. It, it's a mm. continuous process, um, with society, with, with everything. Progress is always moving forward. If you're not, what is, what is that quote? If you're not moving forward, then you're moving backwards. Right. I think it's often used in like a motivational thing, but I, I think it works for the progression of society as well. And and regarding that as well, right? Because we we're, we're talking about. I mean, there's other perspectives around the world with it, but we we have the United States of American perspective of all this. And so mm-hmm. a thing to look at it into it is I f- I forget what it is, but there is I, f- I forget which document it is. I mean, it might, might be the Constitution, might be the Declaration of Independence. I might be talking out of my ass, but basically, um, there's this phrase i've heard it's about the desire to move towards a more perfect union that is the united states Mm -hmm. uh, moving towards a more perfect union and moving towards a more perfect union is there's an accountability to that but there's also an understanding that we're we're almost never where we want to be where we want to be is next year's progress or the years after that progress or whatever it is and so you know at one point you know women's suffrage wasn't a thing now it is, and it has been for a minute, but the the pay gap isn't there. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. you know, we used to have slaves, and we also used to sit there and have an aspect where it was, um, you know, we used to rate a race of people three fifths of a human. So we have stuff like like that that is ingrained in our society, but at the same time, a desire to move it, towards a more perfect it's, union. It's the the process of striving per, for perfection, knowing that it's unattainable but it's the process of moving towards it. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, and so I guess that's the point of acknowledging these things and it is the it is the the month to specifically acknowledge this element and aspect of all these things. Um I know mm-hmm. we've been going political a lot with all these things and that knows that isn't always the goal, but I do think I want everyone to know our stances on these things and where we stand on it because there's a lot lot of a lot of stuff out there that, you know, we want it from the get-go to understand that we are I don't know. We are doing our best and we are trying to be as evolved as we possibly can be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, muy, muy interesante. Uh, one more thing on the two that was interesting, and I don't know, I don't know how much we want to say like commentary on it was. We we, we kind of discussed a bit, um, but before we get on the podcast, I sent you a couple videos. It was interesting, and they were by. I'll give her the credit because I have, I have the access to it. Um, it is by. Oh, let me turn this down real quick. It is by Black PNW Lady, and basically she she's a she is is a a history major, but um or historian. I don't know actually what her profession is, but she's she's a TikToker. She's that's, a historian. That's yeah, historian, and she's a TikToker, and it was really cool to sit there and see her perspective on a lot, lot of lot of lot of stuff. She was talking about about the Titanic and how like our recollection of it like because of how everything went went down is through pretty much entirely a woman perspective because if we're all familiar with it the whole idea of it was like the men stayed and then the women and the children left and so like mm-hmm. sure there was the aspects of the children that could have been male that left but also it was like i don't know you have an entire of like women yeah you have an entire story in a time that was dominated by men be pretty much for the, not not completely but having a huge element told by women is huge. And I don't know, it's interesting to look at. And of course there was different discrepancies, like the whole, the boat splitting in half. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, there being a debate on that until it was unequivocally proven that it was broken in half basically. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. And that was, that was a, that was a, uh, a topic that was um, spoken to, um, that men denied it and women didn't basically, but like it ended up being like, that's that the women's side was right. So I don't know. It's interesting. Not much to say on it besides that, but I thought that was an interesting thing to share uh, on a day like today, but uh, Absolutely. now say, um, Pi day. Um, we had, we've talked about Pi day. We talked about daylight savings time. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about um, women's equal pay day or equal pay day. And uh, now let's kind of transition a little bit, Kobe Williams. I don't know about you. Um, um, Tom Brady was retired for 40 days. Yeah. And then the gas prices drove him back into playing is, yeah. is the, 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 what I keep seeing on Twitter. So I don't know. I've, if, no I'm joking, of course, but <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's wild. Um, obviously we weren't the first ones to call this, but we talked about it. And there's records showing that we talked about how he may not really be retiring, um, given that he led the league in passing yards and touchdowns last year and was, what, one to two plays of going to the Super Bowl, possibly winning another Super Bowl, which... Um, if they beat the Rams, they probably would have won the Super Bowl, right? Like Probably, that's- right? Yeah. I feel like the Rams' defense was a little bit better than the Bucks, so maybe the Bengals have a better shot against them, but I don't know. I don't even, know. Yeah. Even, even then, then though, even then though, I think that like, I think it's a whole world of hypotheticals. Rams won it. We're not taking it away from them. Right. I yeah. Don't absolutely. It away from them. absolutely. Um, but the, um, it's fascinating because it's, um, man, it's literally a lot of these times it's one play away, right? That just determines mm-hmm. things because at the same time, we could argue that on the other side, like not taking too much time away from Tom Brady on this moment, but like the Bills almost beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs almost beat the Bengals and the Bills probably could have beaten the Bengals. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a whole matchup thing. And it's like, yo, I don't know. I, I think we're going to really look back on last year's playoffs and talk about just how good they were like how competitive those games were um, in, in a time that we're, we're often used to seeing like one or two teams dominate. Yeah. It was nice that like so many teams were viable. Um, obviously the AFC was a little bit more heavily favored than the NFC, but like still it was, I mean, you still had the Packers, you still had the Bucks, you still had the Rams who ended up winning it. Like, it was, it was such a good playoffs. But yeah, Tom Brady coming out of retirement to play his 23rd season um, with the Buccaneers. And it's I – don't, I don't know when this man's going to quit, if I'm being honest. Like, I'm sure if he feels that he's not playing up to par, then he'll quit. Yeah. But at this point, I don't know when that's going to be. 
Because unless he has the most dramatic, like, hardest drop-off we've seen, he's he hasn't really showed that many signs of a decline. Like, sure, his arm strength may not be exactly how it was before. He's made up for that in other areas. I don't even agree with that. Like, he's chunking it all over the yard, man. No, his last touchdown was like a 50-, 60-yard bomb. Like, he's still chunking it. Like, it's not like he's not even doing it. I mean, yeah, like he still has the arm strength. I don't think it's as common as it was before, but I I think he still has it. Yeah. I like – I just – what do you think – what do you what do you think happens first? Do you think he retires after his tenth Super Bowl win, <laughs> or do you think he retires when he's fifty? Oh, that's the question of Do you think he can win three Super Bowls in the next five to six years? If 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 I'm being completely honest, I think next season is his last season, and I think he's going into it. He's always talked about playing to forty five, and I think I think next season is his last season, and he's like he's like I want to go out a champion screw this and he knows he can still play he might play beyond that i want to be surprised but i really kind of like i'm expecting a mic drop kind of moment from him this next year where it's like and i'm i'm buying i'm buying into it mvp as well um i think he can but i think at the end of the day like at the end of the day with him compared to other players some players they'll do this mvp race thing right but like Mm. he you can see it, and he'll have games that he just obliterates people in the regular season. You'll see it, but he'll—it'll be the playoffs, and that's when like things turn up for him. Yeah, because even in that playoff game against the Rams, they—they they didn't lose because of him. He brought them back. Like, like it felt like he was going to win that game. Um, Isn't it crazy to think how this man is three miraculous plays away from being nine and zero in the Super Bowl, or no, what is it, ten and zero in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to think about because you have 07, the David Tyree catch, helmet catch, iconic. As a Pats fan, that hurts me very, very much, but it is what it is. And then you have the 2011 Super Bowl with that sideline catch. I forget who it was that caught that one. Manningham. Manningham with the Manningham sideline catch. That was crazy. Um, And then you have that Eagles Super Bowl where the man threw for 500 yards and lost. Um, Like, it's just, it's crazy to think about. It really is. You, uh, you disconnected for a second. Yeah, I lost you for a second. Um, What's the last thing you heard? Where the man threw 500 something. Okay, gotcha. Like, where he threw 500 yards, but like the Philadelphia game, where he threw 500 yards and still lost. Like, it's it's wild to think about. Yeah. Um, when, but, yeah, when, no, I think you're absolutely right. Like, his approach on it is, is very different than a lot of players. And, and I think that's part of the reason that he was able to, like, keep such long-term success with the, with the Patriots. Because, like, everyone talks about, you know, he took so many pay cuts so they could pay other people on the team. And sure, you could argue like he could afford to because his wife also makes a lot of money, right? But I don't really know how much that like I I think he just really wanted to win no matter what happened. So and it's I wouldn't argue that other players don't want to win. I just think like sometimes the difference between winning this many times and this many times is just that little extra step of what you're willing to do. Right. So look at this, man. Aaron Rodgers is making fifty million a year, the most paid in the NFL. Um, don't get, get me wrong; he is the best player on that team, maybe the NFL. Patrick Mahomes makes like forty-five million a year, mm-hmm. right? And and like they're relevant every year, but Brady makes what was like Brady's think, highest paid year. Oh, I don't know. I think right now it's the Buccaneer. I think he makes less than thirty million a year, which is still yeah. handsome money. His highest salary was in 2010. He signed a four-year deal for $72 million. That's like the highest contract value. Do you know right now – Brady I, has never been the NFL's highest paid player. Oh, yeah. So Tom Brady contract 2022. 20, Brady's already under contract with Tampa Bay for $10.4 million. For the 2022 season as a placeholder year, but um, 
They may. They say that they may uh, add, add a year to his contract and increase his pay now that he's confirmed to be returning. But right now, he's scheduled to make ten million dollars. Crazy, wow. crazy. Dak Prescott makes forty million. Yeah. And he's great. About. He's great. And I'm not saying these players don't deserve their money, but like crazy. But like yeah. everyone's like, how does he keep doing it? I'm like, you know, like he plays really good, and, and then he does that. Um. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know. Obviously, you know that I, I got, I'm a Brady fan, and so yeah. most of my arguments are going to have a bit of confirmation bias with it because that's how sports works. Um, that's just that's just the way that it is. But like, I don't know. I feel like people do a lot of things to like discredit the success that he's had more than I see with other people. But I probably also because he's had like overall a lot more success than some other players. Like when it comes to like winning things like that. Um, but I, another stat that I, that I just looked up and I, cause I forgot this was posted six months ago, um, which will not include a couple of the playoff games, but six months ago he had thrown 87 or touchdown pass to 87 different players, which I think is just wild. Absurd. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to, uh. Oh nope! Actually, March second, twenty twenty one. That was that was a year ago. That says eighty eight. So it's eighty seven or eighty eight. I don't know how to see. I'll have to look up and see like what what second place is. I, I'm sure it's going to be. My guess would be Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers for second place with that. I thought it was like, Peyton Manning because he had a he played for two different teams. You know. Yeah, yeah, and he had a pretty pretty like rotating cast of characters. Yeah. Um, for a couple years, but yeah, like it, I don't know. That's just wild to me. It really is. Yeah. Isn't it though? Um, could be Drew Brees. Could be Brees. Could be Brees. Um, I'm going to say this, uh, kind of, you know, cause we, we, I, I don't want to talk too much on it all, but one of the big takeaways I have here is right before this guy comes out of back out of retirement, everyone's been talking about how the AFC has all these killer guys, right? Which is fair. They got mm-hmm. Herbert. They got Burrow, they got Mahomes, they got Josh Allen, they now have Russell Wilson. They have, mm. I mean, Derek Carr's in there, and he's not even he's not bad, but he's he's, he's not them. Um, you have Lamar Jackson, you have all these guys that are just like bona fide, Electric. yeah, bona fide just studs, man. But it doesn't even matter because in the other conference, you have the two time repeating MVP Rogers, and then you have the boogeyman and Tom Brady, and it's like. And then on top of that, you have the man who just won the Super Bowl. And yeah. then arguably, arguably, I mean, unequivocally top two receiver in the league in Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably the, the best number one receiver. Yeah. I mean, and t- until otherwise, he's he's number one to me. He had the, yeah. like, he had all the stats. Of course, he, they threw him the ball like every play, but like he yeah. caught it every play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you don't think they were throwing Jerry Rice the ball every play? Right, right. Like, I don't know. It's I mean, I'm not saying that Cooper Cup is better than Jerry Rice. I don't think that. I think Jerry Rice is still the greatest receiver to ever live. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's just, you know, you can't discredit Cooper Cup's season because of that, you know. So, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I don't want to – so, I think Jerry Rice – he gets the credit for the number one wide receiver, right? And I think right, rightfully so. He played for, like, a while, and he was just, like, at the presence of, like, hard work, work ethic, and just, like – and he has a lot of the stats. He has all the stats. He also has a lot of the stats because he played for 20-plus years, too, I think. But um, mm. And he was dominant in an era that wasn't past happy as much. But, like, I think he's the best. I don't think he's the most talented. I don't either. I think Randy Moss is the most talented. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I, I think if Randy Moss had the work ethic of Jerry Rice, he'd be the leader in, in almost everything. I, I think his talent was just oh, – it was just something to see. But he just – the work ethic wasn't up to where it was like with a lot of the other top receivers. With him though, I think he gets a lot of crap that he doesn't have a work ethic. And I don't know if that's fair. I don't I don't think that it's that he didn't have a work ethic because I don't think anybody can make it into the NFL off of talent alone. I don't yeah. think anybody can succeed in the NFL off of talent alone. Um I just 
I think people make comparisons to the work ethic that Jerry Rice had because that's the bar that's been set, mm. which to be fair, his like he was notoriously known for having a really high work ethic. Um, I just I, I think if Randy Moss matched that, then he would be like unanimously considered the greatest. Well, with the exception of the one like 55 year old man that says no one will ever be better than Rice, he would be unanimously known as like the best receiver of all of all time. But I, think, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I do think he was probably the most talented that we've seen so far. I think Randy Randy Moss or maybe Terrell Owens, maybe because Terrell Terrell Owens yeah, was just Terrell Owens was also really really talented. He's just a physical monster. Calvin Johnson, honestly, I don't know why I didn't even think that Calvin Johnson. Calvin um, Johnson was just something else. I would like, probably say Calvin Johnson above Terrell Owens. I think he's on par with Randy Moss talent wise. Yeah, um, I mean, think about. Like he was four, on the three, line, his old career. Yeah. Four <laughs> like, three and he was like six five, two thirty. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um um man. You ready for an abrupt change? Absolutely. I love abrupt changes. Okay, here we go. I, I've been thinking about it during this conversation. I uh-huh. I glad we gotta have some of the sports conversation here, but we have this whole uh thing that we do is overrated, underrated, and properly rated and Kobe Williams. I have one for you. For you, and it's timely because we're in March. We're in March, yeah. right? It's it's March fifteenth today, and by the time we come out on a Friday, it'll be past St. Patrick's Day, which St. Patrick's Day is Thursday, um, I believe, right? Seventeenth is Thursday. Yes. Excuse me. Um, McDonald's Shamrock Shake, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Go. So I tried the Shamrock Shake for the first time, like. Three weeks ago. And overrated. I I think it's overrated. I, I think it's one of those products that it's not bad. I don't think it's bad, but I think it's hyped up because it's novelty. Kind of like I might get some hate for this one. Kind of like the McRib. I don't think the McRib is anywhere as good as people say it is. I think it for the price and for being a McDonald's product, sure, it's good. I don't think it's ever the best thing on their menu. And I think it's the fact that it's a limited item, like limited choice item, I think is why the why people rate it so high. And I, I think it's kind of the same thing with the Shamrock Shake. And maybe it's just my I don't really have a preference for mint and mint and like sweet. Um, like with the exception of like thin mint cookies. I don't I don't typically like like minty sweet very much. Um but I just, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like it was a little bit overrated. Fantastic. I agree. Uh, I will say this though. I will say this, and this is one thing I want to acknowledge. I had it for the first time, probably like three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long ago, but very recent. Right. Um, and I was like, you know what? I haven't had this. I'm going to try it. Or if I did have mm-hmm. it, have had it before, I didn't remember it. So I'm like, yeah, that's right. how I was. And, um, and I didn't hate it. Right. But I was like, it was, and I'm, I'm a person that loves mint and chocolate together. Like I like mint and sweets. I really do. Like I will, mm-hmm. I love, I love thin mint cookies. I love, um, York peppermint patties. I love Andy's candies. I love it. Love them all. Um, I found myself conflicted with, with it. And I was, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Cause I like, I would try it and I'm like, I don't know if I like this. Like that was the feeling I would get with it where I was like, I don't know if this is good or if it's bad. And because I didn't unequivocally think it was good nor bad, I didn't finish it because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I gave it, I gave it to like my roommate. I was like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. And, um, I will, I yeah. will say that I did finish the entire shake. Okay. I did. Um, I was driving like a hour and a half, two hour drive. And I finished the entire shake, but it felt – it's not that I didn't enjoy having the entire shake. Mm. It just – it wasn't everything I thought it would be. It felt like it didn't live up to the hype. I I feel that. I I have a slightly different take than you. You okay. said you felt like it didn't live, too, live up to the hype, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I would say I feel like it's almost a select taste in a way that I feel like it gets better 
the more you have it. At least from my perspective, I feel like if I would have it again, I would probably enjoy it more. And I don't. And so as we're talking about this, I'm tempted to get it, even though I know the last time I did not finish it. And I question my sanity. However, but I I'm perplexed by it. But until further notice, it's overrated to me. So would you argue that you say that as taste, it's overrated. Would you argue that the impact it has on society is properly rated? Because it's making you question all these things. Mm. How nuanced. I feel like more so I would be, I'd feel like, what an interesting question. I'd argue that I'm letting society impact me more than the shake impacts me. I almost okay. feel like I'm chasing a high with it. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm like society deems this a delicacy. And maybe, and I'm thinking about this as we're going, cause I, I, I guess I'm processing my shamrock shake feelings as we discuss this. Okay. Yeah. So um, within that, I'd say society's probably impacted me more than the shakes impacted me. So right now I would still claim it overrated. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, I think, I think the impact of the shake really has to, and like, I, I mean, I just hit on it. I, I think it has to speak to the novelty, right? Like I, I think society as a whole loves the idea of novelty. Um, think about like the film industry. People love it when, a movie comes out of nowhere and like is just amazing and blows everyone away. And like, it's, it's considered like a novelty in that sense, like avatar, right? Like was the highest grossing movie of all time for a while. No one expected that going in. It, it kind of happened. And, and for that sake, it was, it kind of became a novelty, which granted, I don't think it was a bad movie. I don't think it's like a fantastic movie, but I don't think it was a bad movie, but then you can look at like other movies and I'm trying to think of one like off the top of my head, but like there's movies out the movie rubber. Are you familiar with the movie rubber? I, I am. Yes. It is a horrible movie. It, it It's not good in the slightest. It's, it's about yeah. a tire that goes around killing people. Right. Yeah. But there's a sense of novelty with it. Like it's so bad that, that people like it. They, they like how subjective it is, how, how it kind of doesn't make sense and doesn't have a place. Right. And so I think as, as a societal whole, we, we place such emphasis on novelty and on the idea, idea of like limited choice, limited option. Um, because this, this is, I'm going with this as I, like, I'm rolling, really rolling with the flow on this. This might be a bit of a reach. All right. But I think the reason that we place such emphasis on the novelty and on things that are such like limited time things, such as the shamrock shake or the McRib, things like that is because it almost creates a sense of accomplishment when we're able to take advantage of those moments. Interesting. Like the shamrock shake, we can't get that year round, but when we're able to get it and we successfully get it, it's not like it's going anywhere. Like they could absolutely make that year round. They can make the McRib all year round. And it's not like it's limited release during the time. It's not like it's a sneaker drop where there's like 30 of them made right? Like you can go to any McDonald's and order a shamrock shake at any point, but it's almost a sense of accomplishment, taking advantage of the limited time that you have. And and so I don't know how in the world I got there from talking about the movie rubber. I don't think those are connected in any kind of a sense, but it helped you gather your thoughts. but it helped me gather my thoughts. And and I, and I think they both take a different approach on novelty. I, I do because like, People will watch bad movies just for the sake of knowing I'm going to watch a bad movie and I'm going to enjoy it because it's a bad movie. And and I think even then they're taking advantage of the fact that they have the liberty to to watch a movie that's bad and enjoy it for being bad. And and so I still think that's people taking advantage of that moment and that opportunity, whether it's watching the movie Rubber, which we're just continuously trashing on. So to the producers of that movie, I'm not going to apologize. Um, 
they're taking advantage <laughs> of that opportunity, but then they're also taking the advantage of the, of the opportunity to get a certain food item or they're taking the advantage of an opportunity to get this, this hoodie clothing that like that dropped this new clothing release that dropped. And there's like 12 of them made or something stupid like that. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm not familiar with it, but like, I, I think people just like the idea of seizing the opportunity and, and it, with the mundanities of life and everyday life of waking up every day because society caters towards morning people um, with, the, with the, the mundanity of life, like the idea, the the idea that you're able to seize an opportunity that is perceived as limited chance, I think really encourages people. Poetic. Um, poetic. That made no I'd sense say, at all. I no, want to say it, from, from no, my end, that made no sense no, at all. No, that was, that was insightful. That was introspective. That was nuanced. There was, there was grace to I that. I feel like I talked for a solid three minutes about absolutely nothing. I'm not no, going to lie. No, you did not. You did not. And I, I want to go ahead and, and say another element to that. You owned that because that was money. I'd sit there and say this, for example, specifically on the Shamrock Shake. Okay, my family. My family every year for Christmas, me and my siblings, we would always request absurd things for Christmas. Just to kind of – for me, I would request absurd things to see if it would happen. One year, I request for a Tom Hanks autograph. I fucking got it. It was absurd. I got it. It's sweet. It's really? sweet. But like, yeah. But like, why would you – you still have it? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, it's, what it's, it's on a He's, it's, it was a Forrest Gump picture. I wasn't there. Like, it was like a pre-autograph thing, but it was really nice. Gotcha. It was him like sitting on the bench. Um, and then um, like they didn't meet him. And like last yeah. year, I asked for a Matthew Lillard autograph. That's just an example of one. Didn't get it because my family hates me. But that's besides the point. Now, um, Not understandable that they hate you, but understandable is the reasoning right. like why you didn't get it. Yeah. I would always – right. And my older brother, one of the things he would ask for every year is he would ask for a shamrock shake for Christmas knowing that they're not out in December. Interesting. And that was a very specific one that kind of strikes a chord with it. And even though like he always, he, he, he's a fan of them. He's an, he's an advocate of them. He, uh, and he knew that he was not going to get it. He was doing it out of humor, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, but like he would have been absolutely thrilled at the idea if he was to ever receive one in December, to be fair. It never happened. But like, if he did, it'd be, it'd be novel. It would be against, it would be against the norms of society. What McDonald's has placed on when we're allowed to receive this item, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe the fact that, that, it, that it's green impacts our decision too. I think that might be a reasoning, right? But yeah. on top of that, I, I agree. I think the novelty in things makes things much more unique. You know, that's what makes things that's like handmade more unique. Cause you're like, Oh, this is one of one. Right. Um, uh, and there should be something appreciated by, about that. At the same time, I argue that I'd argue that it must be appreciated because it's novel. It must be appreciated because it's, it's that not saying I think the Shamrock Shake, let me, as I'm gathering my thoughts, I think the Shamrock thinks Shake makes society better in a weird way. And why I say it is it because it keeps us pushing towards something, keeps us pushing towards, I'm rambling here, but it keeps us pushing towards um, something novel. And, and every year I'm going to buy at least one Shamrock Shake because I, if we don't have that novel item, then we the world... Then, then what do we have? And the world will just be a little bit, a little bit worse. And might I add on top of that, first off, bravo. I don't know why we're doing this or how we're doing this. It doesn't make, like it makes sense, but it's kind of weird that it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. But We're talking about our asses. Absolutely, 100%. But to add on top of that, isn't it crazy how they release such a novelty item around the time of year that we're forced to put our clocks forward? It's almost like McDonald's is in on the idea of distraction. And they don't so, want they don't want continuous fallback. But I say continuous fallback for life. Continuous fallback for life. Everyone out there, I know you where you are. I don't know where you are. I'm lying. I don't know where you are. We don't know where the hell you are. But everyone Get out trending. there. Hashtag you, on Twitter. Possibly rambling. 
Continuous fallback. Let's get continuous fallback. All right, continuous fallback. I want everyone to know this. Okay, all right, all right. Kobe, Kobe, are you feeling absurd? Are you feeling I, absurd? I'm feeling absurd. Um, right. Almost absurd enough to like end this podcast episode out of nowhere without any recollection of or like in, in like any signs, any signals, like. <laughs>